Welcome to the Wild Soulcast. I'm your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold deep conversations on spirituality, conscious leadership, feminism, creativity, and how to more meaningfully and intentionally nurture connection within ourselves and with others. Welcome to the Wild Soul Cast. This is your host, Anna Kinkella. And thank you so much for joining us for episode 16, where we're going to be diving into how to truly embrace your body's wisdom in your life and in your business. I have so much to share with you as it relates to the body because there's so many layers um, that really go into our relationship with our physical presence here on earth. And I think it's so important for each and every one of us to tap into the wisdom that's inside of us, that's in our physical plane, because it is truly one of the main keys to finding expansion and to just finding your own embodiment of who you truly are in this world. I often talk about how You know, there's no real transformation without involving the body in the process. Your body is so integral to you receiving spiritual downloads. It's so integral to how you make decisions and where you aim your arrow. And it's also such a huge piece of the energetics of what's unfolding for you right now and how you can understand the energetics of what's inside of your body to transform into the next level. So all of that is packed into the body. And so there's such a wealth of layers to work through as we talk about this really important subject. The first piece that I want to start with as we just outline the foundation of our conversation here is that everything you have ever experienced, everything that your ancestors have experienced, everything that you've experienced in your past lives is somewhere in the body. Your body remembers. It is truly such an amazing energetic blueprint of what you've seen, what you've experienced, both consciously and unconsciously, both in this life and in others. It is truly the map of you, the map of your soul, the map of your whole entire being. And there's so much to be accessed through that portal. You know, we often think about solving problems from this very conscious thinking realm. But what we often fail to do is actually to access the deeper wisdom that's already within us. And that portal is always through the body. And when I do work with clients, it's all about actually accessing the body first. So the body can tell us what is there. Your conscious mind has a very limited ability to recognize what's actually going on. Part of what we're doing when we're accessing the body through that portal 
is we're accessing the unconscious realm. It's all of the stuff underneath that directs all of your actions, all of the ways that you are being in your life. It's all of the patterns that you live and lead through. And these patterns are what determine your everyday lived experience. So it's not something that we can ignore for very long. And oftentimes when you're finding yourself in a space where you're reverting to the same patterns that you've had for a long time, or where you're dealing with the same type of issues that you've been dealing with, we have to come back to looking at, did you truly address the underlying patterns that are playing out? Did you address the roots, right? The unconscious realm where the answers are waiting for you, where the answers are waiting to be discovered and witnessed by you. When we talk about this piece that, you know, we all have the answers we are looking for within ourselves. I find that the answers are always in our bodies. And if we just start there, if we allow ourselves to start there and be curious with our body, be curious with our emotions, our sensations, what we're experiencing, it will lead us to the answer. And ultimately, that comes down to trusting yourself, trusting the deep knowing within you. And releasing expectation to know right in this moment, to know the answer, and allowing yourself to open in a curious way to what your body is presenting to you, to what your body is showing you through your experience with it. As a culture, we collectively struggle with being in our bodies and also feeling safe in our bodies. And I think ultimately this comes to the safety piece. The reason why we're not in our bodies is so many of us, so many women do not truly feel safe in their body. And oftentimes a huge part of this work is actually allowing yourself to find safety on your terms within your own body and developing a different relationship with the body. And like with anything else, relationships have to be nurtured over a period of time. But what I find to be really true for most any person that I've worked with is that as soon as you start to come back into your body, as soon as you start to ask it and to invite it into relationship with you, there's an opening that gets created, which starts to really release a lot of things that have been suppressed for a long time. And so, yes, your relationship with your body is something that's going to take time. And the more that you turn towards your body, the more that you invite your body, no matter where you are in that journey, the more you'll be surprised with what is really held in that space. And the more you'll be surprised at how willing the body is to be in relationship with you, to trust you, to open up to you. And so it's just about starting and it's just about recognizing when you're finding yourself distancing from the body, numbing out from the body, and bringing yourself back, 
coming back to grounding, coming back to the earth, coming back into soft touch, coming back into just general awareness of what the body is experiencing in that moment. The other cultural piece that really factors into how we access our body's wisdom is this message and this way of being that really reinforces the go, 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 and the do, do, do mentality. The This mentality of constant achievement and constant, quote unquote, tangible progress, right? That there needs to be results, that you need to do this hard work, that you need to check all of these things off of your to-do list. And so we very much measure our success in terms of our external output instead of measuring it in terms of how we are being within ourselves and the quality of our life, the quality of how we are holding ourselves, right? And, you know, that's a capitalist culture for one. That's, you know, the capitalist brain that we live in um, where we're equating, you know, external output to more money, you know, more ability to do the things that we want right? But it never ends up quite being that way. We think that if we have more money, we'll have more time. We think that, you know, if we do more things that people will see us as more successful, as more likable, as more lovable, right? There's all these messages that are tied into that external output. And so, you know, all of us who live in this Western culture are very much programmed and conditioned to, really believe that our worthiness is connected to what we are producing and putting out there in the world and how hard we are working. And that often directly contradicts some of the messages that our body sends to us, meaning that there are many a times, especially when I was working a nine to five job, where my body would be sending me clear signals that you just need to take a rest. You just need today to really ground to, you know, give yourself some time to give yourself some nourishment. And, you know, working a nine to five job, you don't necessarily really have that capability because you still have to show up to work, you have to do the job, you have to create the output. And, you know, when we kind of contradict what our body truly wants. So in other words, when we do the opposite of what our body is calling for, then we're in essence sending a message to ourselves and to our body that, you know, the data that you're giving me right now, the feedback that you're giving me is not something that I want to listen to. It's not something I have time to listen to because I have all of these things that are more important than listening to what I truly need right now. And we push that away and we go and do, and we continue doing, 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 right? And this really creates the divide in our relationship with our body, because the more that we dismiss it, the more we don't see it. It's just like, you know, if you think of someone dismissing you and someone not seeing you, the less of a relationship we have with that part of us, right? And so when we dismiss our body in that way, whether we have a choice or not, right, there is this chasm that develops and we disconnect from our body more and more because if we were actually to truly acknowledge the deep need for rest and sleep or the deep need for relaxation, for nurturing that we truly feel, 
we might not actually do the things that we're quote unquote supposed to do, right? And so, you know, obviously, you know, if you work a nine to five job, there is this like reality that you're faced with that you can't just not show up for your job, right? And how can you create space for your body's needs to still be met even within the things that you have to do? So if you have a nine to five job and you have to show up to it, then how can you show up but give yourself little doses of what you need throughout the day or at the end of the day. Our bodies don't necessarily require us to just, you know, completely negate the things that we have to do with, within, you know, the realistic landscape of what your life currently is. But what our body does crave is just some kind of acknowledgement. So you might not need to take the entire day off, but can you give yourself 30 minutes during your lunch period where you go into a deep relaxation exercise, right? Or you go take a walk outside or you schedule a massage for after your work day. You know, what are the ways that you can fit this into your day? where you can really witness and see your body and say, I see you, I hear you, and I'm going to give it to you within the space that I can right now, right? And so that's what counts. And sometimes it does mean just taking a sick day and saying like, hey, I really need this time for myself and being able to give yourself that if you have the luxury of, you know, pay time off, which not everyone has. So, you know, there's all these components, right? All these ways that we just need to start to pay attention to what are we pushing away within ourselves? What needs, what desires, what ways of nurturing do we need that we're denying ourselves because of guilt, because we're too busy, because, you know, we don't think that we should need that or that we don't have time for that. Those are all stories that our conditioning teaches us. And those are stories that feel so true in our experience, right? They feel so true in our bodies because what that conditioning has taught our body to do is to actually be in this like fight or flight space. And that's why I think a lot of people suffer from anxiety you know, different levels of anxiety is that we always feel like this need to go, go, go. And if we're not doing something, we're looking around and wondering what we need to be doing. And if we have a moment of stillness, we're usually reaching for our phone in order to do something, right? And so there's never this space that we create for ourselves where we are just here, just in the moment, allowing ourselves to be without the distractions, without the endless to-do list in our minds, right? Where we're always kind of thinking about the next step instead of actually being in the now. And so this is how our body actually gets trained to continue to go. And so that story of I need to be doing something, I need to be creating, I need to be producing, I don't have time, is reinforced by how your body is reacting, right? This is the power of the mind-body connection is that your body saying, but wait, I can't really be still, right? Like I have to do something. And so part of our job, part of the relationship building with the body is actually teaching it, you know what? You can be still now. We can be still together. 
We can be in this space, in this container together and just be and allow for whatever is here to unfold. And that is powerful medicine. If you can practice that and come back to that practice, no matter how much the world is training you in the opposite direction, you get to reclaim that for yourself and reclaim how you want to be in your body. So on one level, the body gives you the blueprint, the imprint of all of your stories, all of your experiences. And then on another level, the body automatically reacts to the ways that you've been taught you should live, that you should be. And it really aligns itself with the mind. So in that way, it becomes the key to your transformation because it's giving you access to the automatic conditioning and helping you create the gateway to you shifting that conditioning through the body. And when you dive deeper past the conditioning, what you find is the deeper truths, the deeper insights, the deeper knowing within you. So it's almost like there's two layers that come with the body. And one is this, you know, inherited divine wild soul knowing that just lives in that space. And another is the automatic human conditioning that has your body reacting, right? And so the body has both, and both of those things have something to teach you. So on one level, it's the body's reactions, automatic reactions. And on another level, it's the body's deep knowing of you, of who you are. So it's both an access point into how to, you know, transform through some of the human pieces that arise in your everyday life, some of the human conditioning, the patterning that's happening there. And it also creates a portal into you diving deeper into your soul, into that spiritual aspect that we usually associate with our brain, like our brain allows us to imagine things, to go um, to specific spaces, outside of our own lived experience, like visualizations, you know, floating in space, meditating on something. But really the way that we access that space is truly through the body. Because if we don't feel that connection in our bodies, we actually can't receive the downloads from the universe, from our wildness. As a human being, the reason why you have a physical body is because it's your vessel in this life right? And as your vessel in this life, it gives you crucial information and data about what feels good and what doesn't. It gives you crucial information on, you know, whether your intuition is speaking to you or not. It's through the felt sense that we understand ourselves in the world. So because of that, the spiritual connection that we establish that might start in our brain when we meditate is also processed, received, and it lands through the body. And we need that information in order to be able to take action, in order to know whether something is right for us, whether something is meant for us. And if you think about it, right, our bodies are made of stars. We hold the universe inside of our physical body. 
And when we are connecting with that universal source, with, you know, that true version of ourselves that lives in our consciousness, being able to access that part gets so much easier when we go through the body because it's already there. It's inherently embedded within us, embodied within us. And a big piece, a big part of what we learn through, you know, growing in our spirituality is learning that that limitlessness is not outside of ourselves, that it is within us, that it is within our soul and also our physical space. And so we don't need to go far in order to feel limitlessness within ourselves. We only need to know how to access it. And this is where the body becomes really important because if we're only meditating with our minds and not involving our body in the process in some way and tuning into our body and experiencing some of that through our body, then we're not actually bringing our spiritual practice into our actual life. So I see so many spiritual folks putting their spiritual practice into a compartment, meaning like it's something that they check off their list. I will meditate for 30 minutes. And, you know, while that's not necessarily a bad thing, right, it's better to meditate than not to meditate. If we're not integrating the spiritual practice that we do for 30 minutes a day into how we live, then it's not going to make a very big impact on your overall life. Now, it's going to have positive effects. I'm not saying that it's not. However, to me, part of spiritual practice is actually learning how to embody the truest version of yourself as you journey through your you know, spiritual development, as you Um, enrich and nurture your spiritual practice. And so a huge part of that is actually being able to live more truthfully in your full self, in your inherent wholeness, right? And so the body becomes the bridge, becomes the bridge between the spiritual and the human. And it's both a container for receiving and delivering information, right? The most important part of how you integrate, you know, the spiritual downloads that you receive, what you feel, is then you being able to translate that feeling, that deep knowing, that information that you received into your life. So if you're feeling like this expansive limitlessness in your meditation, how can you embody that and practice that in your life that day? How can you really validate and affirm the limitlessness of everything that you are through how you choose to be? And that is part of the work. That is part of the work of bringing the spiritual into the human, into the everyday. That's the meaning of embodiment. Right. So if we meditate and we receive this knowledge, this deep knowing, and we don't use our bodies to take action on it, then we're not finding integration. Right. We're still separating who we are becoming from who we are in the present moment. So I hope that that makes sense.
And so when people, you know, put their spiritual self in a compartment and the rest of themselves in something else, and they just continue to live their life as is without using some of the information that they're receiving, then that's when that division continues to be created, right? Where we continue to not feel whole because we're not embracing the messages and the intuitive hits that, you know, we receive. And, you know, in meditation, what often also happens is that we start with where we are in the moment with where our bodies are. And that usually gives us an answer of what we truly need. And when we ignore, you know, what we receive within that space, we're doing the same thing as before, which is kind of pushing part of ourselves into a corner and not seeing that part. And all of that kind of leads to fragmentation within us. In order for us to really listen to the body and to pay attention to the body, there has to be some trust and safety in the body. And I talked about this at the very beginning, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the space because there are so many ways that women get taught to distrust their body and to not like their body, which goes back to safety. So, you know, there's so many cultural messages that tell women that their body is somehow not right and not okay. I've never met a woman that I'm aware of that doesn't have some level of body image stuff that rises to the surface. And really it's regardless of size or age um, or anything other than, you know, this is a woman who has received all these different messages about her body in society and what it means to have the right kind of body. And so I've seen, you know, very skinny women who either, you know, think they are not skinny enough or who think that they're not curvy enough, or I've seen curvier women who feel the need to be skinnier to fit into smaller size jeans, right? And so this applies to, you know, not just body size, but it also applies to our appearance in general. And, you know, how beautiful someone considers us, how beautiful we feel. And so there's all these layers to the physical expression of who we are outside in the world that impacts our relationship with our body. And this gets even more intricate as we talk about, you know, whose bodies are truly valued in society. And what tends to be truly valued is predominantly white bodies, skinny bodies, able-bodied bodies, women who, you know, are cisgender women, right? And so there's all of these places of, you know, privilege that bodies can hold and also all of these places of oppression that bodies can hold. And, you know, we touched on how this affects your relationship with safety in the body, depending on what your, you know, external physical form is, how you're presenting to other people, how other people are interpreting your identities. And the messages that you receive about your own body is really dependent on your identity in this world. 
right? And so if you have a brown or black body, the messages that you're going to receive about it are going to be very different than someone who is white, right? And if you're, you know, non-gender conforming or transgender, the messages that you receive about your body are going to be so different from someone who is cisgender. So, you know, we can go down the list and talk about all of the different ways that each one of us as individuals thinks about our bodies dependent on how, you know, that external image has been reflected back to us and also, you know, how we've felt within that context, within receiving those messages, how that's been interpreted by our own mind and by our own experience. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of layers here that go just beyond even the individual realm and ripple out into, you know, the cultural and social realm and how bodies are made to feel within that context. So, you know, the reason I'm touching on all of this is because it's part of the shadow work that rises to the surface when we start to tap into the body's wisdom. And when we start to really open ourselves up to going deeper within ourselves, it might be something that plays out very consciously for you. And it also might be something that plays out unconsciously. Maybe there are discomforts that you have within your body that are just hard to sit with and hard to look at for those reasons. And a lot of the work of truly trusting what the body has to share with you and following the body's wisdom has to do with witnessing those shadows and being able to really claim them for what they are, which is cultural and social narratives that have deeply impacted you, that have deeply shifted how you've been with yourself, how you've been with your body, how you've looked at your body, and then be able to claim a narrative that feels true for you, that feels honoring of you and who you are and who you are becoming in this world, how you are claiming yourself in the world. So, you know, we can't do much to affect the social and cultural narratives. I mean, we can take small steps, right? But that's not going to change overnight. However, where you can always start is within yourself and how can you take back the power of the narrative into your own hands and reclaim your body as something that is safe, as something that is sacred to you, as something that is all your own and that isn't in the gaze of patriarchal, white supremacist, heteronormative systems of oppression, right? And so that is part of the the narrative that's buried in the body and part of the narrative that has to be reclaimed. And so how do you want to be in your body that honors how you truly want to feel in your body? In other words, it's not about how the body is going to look or how you're going to shape and change the body, but how can you honor the body, accept the body, nurture the body, 
And what actually makes you feel like yourself in your body? What food feels good for you to eat that really gives your body the thing that it needs, the thing that it's craving? And it doesn't necessarily mean eating salads. It can mean eating cookies, right? It can mean a lot of different things. It's more about coming back to the individual honoring space within you that knows what it's craving, that knows what it needs, whether it's food, whether it's music, whether it's movement, you know, whether it's um, the kind of clothes that you're wearing, right? And how can you reclaim those pieces little by little to get to a place where you feel like yourself, where your body feels good, where your body feels yummy, where your body feels like your own instead of victim to the expectations that others have placed on it and that you have placed on it through those messages that you've received. That is power in your hands that allows you to truly deepen within your own body's wisdom. And I think that that's one of the biggest lessons that following your body's wisdom has to teach you is that the more you go down that road, the more you reclaim it bit by bit and peel away one layer at a time, the more you start to truly feel embodied in who you are in your core. And no one can take that away from you. That is power. That is the embodiment of truth and an affirmation and an embodiment of your wholeness as you are right now without needing to change anything about yourself because you don't need to change or fix yourself in order to be the best version of you. The invitation is to unveil, unravel, all of the things inside of you that are keeping you from really embodying and knowing deeply that you are enough, that you are whole right now in this moment, and you are brilliant and beautiful just as you are. And your body, your body will take you all the places. It will take you into the shadow. It will guide you into your deeper intuitive sense and it will help you truly trust what is within you more deeply than what is outside of you and that is where the magic is that is where you are and the body is both the beginning the middle and the end it's what you start with what you always return to, and it's the part of you that you release and let go of as you transition to the other realm. So wherever you are in your relationship with your body, continue to nurture it, continue to reclaim it, and really truly listen to what it has to share with you and validate what it's communing communicating to you through action steps, even when those action steps are inconvenient, even when those action steps maybe don't fit in with what your ego is desiring in that moment. And so 
this really goes at looking at food, exercise, goes at looking at the things you say yes and no to, whether it's people or experiences or just things in your life, right? It's how can I create boundaries that really honor what my body is telling me, even if it's not the most comfortable thing for me in the moment, even if it's not the most comfortable thing for my ego in the moment. Because to be fully in your body and to fully claim the wisdom of your body means to fully claim yourself. It's the gateway into all other parts of you that allow you to ascend higher and higher into who you truly are. And it's the glue. It connects all of these different parts of yourself back to you. And that's why we always return to the body. It's never something you're done with because as you age, as you know, you lose weight, as you gain weight, as you have babies, you know, as things shift in your body, there's always a need to come back to it and to listen to the wisdom that's there. The other piece that's really important to talk about as it relates to the role of the body is that the body is your integration tool. And so when I say integration, I mean that You can transform, you can have an experience within yourself that completely shifts how you think about something or how you think about who you are in the world. But if you do not integrate the experience into your body, then that transformation isn't going to stick long term. It's kind of the difference between knowing something and then feeling something in your experience. It's the difference between understanding something and being that something, being that person that you understand that you are. So it's taking it from this cognitive level into the embodied level. This is why, you know, I talk about a lot about embodiment and you know there's definitely coaches who talk about embodiment and i feel very strongly that unless you do integration with the body that you are not going to see the changes and the shifts that you've been working towards really truly materialize in your life on a prolonged basis so you know when we talk about mindset work for instance You can shift your mindset on a cognitive level, on a very conscious level for a period of time. But if you do not integrate what you are shifting in your mind into your body, that will not hold, that mindset will not hold and will not integrate into your whole being. You will not embody that knowing in how you are leading and living your life. So everything that I do with clients integrates the body. I start with the body and through the meditations that I provide, I always let it integrate into the body. Without the body, the body is kind of like that glue. It really connects the conscious realm with the unconscious realm. It integrates your human self with the spiritual self. It's really involved in 
in this process of you becoming who you know you are. So when you're in a place where you've done a ton of personal development work and you don't feel like a lot of that information has stuck with you for the long term, in other words, you're, you know all of this information, you can intellectualize and comprehend kind of what you're supposed to be thinking, you know, how you're supposed to be being in the world, and yet you're not truly feeling that in your whole experience about yourself or about what you're doing, then the answer always comes back to the body. Has this been integrated into your body? I work with a lot of women who, you know, tend to live in their head and um, who don't often or ever drop into their body and don't know how to. In other words, they've kind of learned to really do everything from their mind and there's a resistance in dropping into the body. Even if cognitively they know that the body is really important in the work that they're doing because they've you know spent years, decades really acting from the headspace and you know thinking about everything from the headspace, but rarely if ever truly dropping into the body and allowing themselves to trust the wisdom that is there and to follow the wisdom that is there. And so the majority of the work that I actually do with women is helping them to drop into the body and to integrate what they already know. So, you know, most of the time when I work with women, they know a lot of the things that I'm telling them, that I'm kind of communicating with them. They kind of understand it on a very cognitive level. However, they don't feel it in their experience. And that's where the embodiment piece comes in. So a lot of the work is actually about you know, having an experience within yourself with different parts of yourself that you've, you know, exiled, that you've pushed away from you for whatever reason, consciously or unconsciously, and then allowing the wisdom that you receive in that space to fully integrate into the body so that the body knows the information, right? And so at the very beginning of the podcast, I talked about, you know, how the body has the energetic imprint of all of the stories that you've ever heard about yourself, of all of the experiences that you've ever had with yourself, right? And if we are doing the work of shifting how you understand you and changing those narratives, releasing that energetic imprint, it has to be done in the body. And then the new story, the new narrative, the new understanding of who you are, who you are being, has to be integrated and imprinted into the body, right? So that's a way that you can look at it from an energetic perspective. If the body is a blueprint of all of your experiences and all of you know the, the ways that you've thought about yourself. So the body is such a crucial tool of integration. And this is the component that I find most people are missing and why they're not actually finding themselves in a space of embodiment. We have to involve that into the equation and you have to come back to it over and over again as you continue to take action steps that align with that embodiment and as you continue to rise into different levels of leadership. That's what I had for you today on the body's wisdom. And I hope that 
it made you think, and I hope it made you consider some of the ways that you interact with your body, some of the boundaries that maybe need to be established in your life as it relates to your body, finding ways that you can listen to it more deeply and more faithfully. If this episode was of benefit to you, if you found value from it, please do leave us a written review. Written reviews really help others find the podcast more easily. So I'd be so appreciative of that. I hope you have a beautiful week ahead and I'll see you next time.